Can coloring books unlock relaxation and creativity? Dive into Mackenzie Bakewell's journey where we discover playfulness and curiosity's role in adulthood. Join us in today's episode to learn how to reduce stress and ignite creativity. Welcome to the Courage to Be podcast. I'm your host, Tanya Vasayo. And each week, I will bring you amazing guests so that you can tap into the courage to break out of all patterns and live your soul's purpose. Before we get into this episode, if by the end you enjoyed it, please follow, rate, review, and share the podcast so we can reach more people. Because here's the thing, I'm on a mission to close the gender gap in the podcasting world so that more and more women's voices are heard. If you feel that this is something you value too, then please take action by rating, reviewing, following, and sharing the podcast. We can only do this together. Check out the link in the show notes to see how this is done. And make sure to stay until the end to claim some free gifts I have for you. Welcome back to The Courage to Be, where we have powerful conversations to transform your life and your business. And today we have Mackenzie Bakewell with us. Welcome, Mackenzie. Hello. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Well, Mackenzie is an amazing artist and she has these incredible coloring books and her creativity is just out of this world. And I want you to share with us, with our listeners, a little bit about your journey, about your creativity and how you've come about to creating these books and having the courage to be able to tap into your creativity. I'm sure you've had your ups and downs within the creative journey too. So please share with us, Mackenzie, what's your story? Yeah, thank you. You know, I've always been an artist. I've been sketching and taking pictures and writing since I was young. And I always kind of knew I wanted to have a creative career. It just sort of, that was the path I always planned to go down. But actually making it happen is a whole different type of adventure. And I started out working as a freelance creative, helping people with all facets of the media for their business. But eventually I got to that point where I was just a little creatively burnt out. And that's when I started coloring. It was first a gift from a friend. They, somebody gave me an adult coloring book and it sort of like re-sparked the awareness of coloring. But now with this new lens of, hey, it's something you can do as an adult to relax and let your creativity play. And so from there, I just started making my own coloring pages naturally and sharing them with friends. And it really built from there. I realized I wanted to publish my own books instead of only working for others. And that was where the real step of the courage came from is being like, no, I'm going to make my own books now and try my hand at publishing coloring books. So, okay, this is great. Share a little bit more about burnout and creativity, because I do believe we're all creatives, but if you do come from the creative background, which I used to work as an art director many years in advertising, many years ago, previous career, Mm -hmm. and I know other creatives, there's so many forms of creativity, whether you're a hairdresser, a cook, whether you paint, whether you do music, whether you write, dance, there's so many forms of creativity that maybe sometimes we forget about it. And I'd like to hear your perspective of how you went about when you hit that point of burnout. How did you recognize that it was burnout? Mm -hmm. How long did it last? What did you do about it? 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the recognition of it probably came later and looking back and be like, oh, that's where I was at. But at the time it was just, I realized I was no longer making any art for myself and I couldn't remember the last time I had. So all of my art was for client work, was for business, was for trying to make an income. And I kind of just felt creatively exhausted. (laughs) And what was really powerful from my discovery of coloring and this new hobby was it wasn't for someone else. It was creativity for me. And that really, by doing that, it helped heal the burnout because I no longer was just depending on my creativity to, you know, help me make wonderful things for my clients. I was giving myself that time to refuel and allow my imagination to wander. And it really sparked this new awareness of and play in my art again, which really helped heal that burnout for me. And of course, there was many other changes along the way, but the the role that coloring played was really powerful for me. Had you already been doing coloring in the past or was this something new for you? Like talk to us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, it was totally new. I mean, as a child, I colored all the time. I loved it, you know, but as an adult, it had been years since I'd colored and it was around the time adult coloring books were just sort of getting really popular and they were, you know, everyone was hearing about them. And so I was, like I said, I was gifted one and it just sort of was gradual. I would found, I would color a little bit and it was just fun. And it was a way to practice my art that was really easy. If that makes sense. It didn't take a lot of creative energy or mental energy to sit down and, you know, doodle a little bit in a a pre-existing page. And that's when I started just having, realizing I was having fun with it. And it was like, oh my gosh, there's this way to make art. And what kind of sparked it into making my own rather than just coloring others was I shared some of my pages I'd made, just designs that I liked with friends of mine. And one of my best friends, she was struggling with a lot of stress and anxiety and she already did color. And she just loved the style that I had made because it had long flowing lines to follow. And she was like, wow, that was so relaxing. So that was like that little spark of that outside reason for me to be like, oh, if my friend says it's that relaxing, I should probably look into this more. And I kind of started researching it and having fun exploring like, why is this good for you? You know? (laughs) And what did you discover when you started seeing, you know, why is this good for you? Yeah. Well, I have since written a book, Coloring is Good for You, 13 Reasons to Color Daily, because there was a lot, but to sum it up, it's essentially, there is an immense amount of research into the benefits of making art and even of looking at art. It lowers your blood pressure. It helps reduce stress and reduce anxiety and improve mood and There's also all this research on the benefits of meditation and mindfulness and how that can also improve your ability to be present and, you know, improve relaxation and stress relief. And then I made the connection that what also people were saying is, of course, coloring is a form of making art and also it's naturally meditative. So I kind of just started clumping all those benefits of making art 
and of meditation and realizing, oh, wow, you can tap into those with even as little as five minutes of coloring. So what are some of the other 13 benefits that we yeah. have there in the book? Can okay, you share so, with us? Yeah. So it's, yeah. So like I said before, it's the 13 reasons to color daily. And I'll just, I'll read a couple of my favorites. So the first one is building a habit of relaxation. And this was really crucial for me because in that time of recognizing, oh, I'm creatively burnt out. I need to make some changes. Part of that was creating a place in my day for relaxing, not buzzing around with all the, the projects I had going. So that's the first one, a habit of relaxation. The second one is understanding color. As an artist, I actually, around the time I started coloring, I was wanting to improve my understanding of color theory and how to mix colors to create mood and emotion. And coloring can help you discover that and, and learn more. So that one is kind of that artistic side of it that I really love. And then the next couple are kind of blocked in a, a similar vein, but it's expressing gratitude, developing creativity and exercising your imagination. So for me, I choose to use coloring as a time to improve how I'm feeling. And so I always link it with a moment of gratitude, even if it's just, hey, I'm really thankful I took this time to sit here and be still for a moment. You know, <laughs> it can be really simple. And in doing that and carving out the time to color with that positive intention for yourself, it can really help, as I found, build your ability to tap into your creative mind. Like you said, we're all creatives. We all have elements of being an artist in our life. And so it's just sort of that place to, you know, it's like you tune your guitar before you go and, and play. You can use coloring to help tune your creativity and your imagination so you're ready for however it is you bring your creativity into your work and your life. Any other ones that you want oh, to share Of course, with us? yeah, I can keep going. So if we keep going, so those we've gotten up to number six. So number seven is self-expression. I find that it's so valuable for me to have a place where it's just free creative expression. There's no worry. I don't have to worry about any other element other than just sort of having fun and experimenting and seeing what color I'm drawn to and practicing that process of taking something in your mind and creating something on paper. So that self-expression is a really nice benefit of it. And then the next three is clarity and focus, improving decision-making, and what I like to call brain training. And those ones kind of clump into the category of taking that break as we all know, we have so much, so many notifications and mental stimulation. And so taking that time to pause and using coloring with this intention, it can really naturally, by drawing you into the present moment and reducing anxiety or stress, it helps improve mental clarity and the ability to stay focused. And in doing that, this was actually something I, I learned in my research is that it can help alleviate decision fatigue which I suffer from regularly. And so by doing this simple thing where you're choosing a color, you're making decisions, they're like these really simple decisions. It like refuels your mental energy. That's so great. I've just recently started coloring with my daughter and the excuse was a little bit to connect with her. And so we went to 
this was before the summer. We got a coloring book. We got the markers. She then claimed the markers, which kind of upset me a little bit because I wanted the markers, yeah. but I kind of felt like I was doing it for her. Mm-hmm. And then I started seeing the pleasure I was getting for myself too. Yeah. And so I love you sharing about this. Mackenzie and just I'd ask you like for those people that don't consider themselves creative that are more left brain that are always super busy what would you suggest to them because I consider myself 50 50 you know like 50 percent creative right brain and 50 percent left brain like I I can swap from one side to another it's not like like my husband for example I feel like is like 95 percent creative you know it doesn't mean that he doesn't use his left brain he obviously does but but he is just his creativity is just out of the stratosphere you know it's it's, Mm -hmm. he's constantly in that world but so it's easier for, I think, for those that are artists, that are creatives to tap into that. But what would you suggest or what are some tips for those people that are more left brain oriented or task or that are thinking or rationalizing of how this can benefit them, you know, because they could also be busy, you know, it's like, well, I don't have time to color. Right. So yeah. what would be some of those suggestions? Because I know I was falling in that category. Yeah. But I'd be curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah. You know, I think that there's a lot of people and most people I talk to are kind of in that category. They're like, they think it would be good for their children. And that's an element where they're like, oh yeah, I see the benefit, but then it's the applying it to yourself. Like, oh, I'm so busy. You know, there's so much going on in our lives. And in my new book, Unlocking Harmony, I try to explore and answer those questions by providing a book that is specifically designed to be for better health and inner peace. And the reason is, I think, for somebody who's an analytical thinker in logistics, that maybe tapping into knowing your why of like, why color will help be make it analytical. Like, why go to the gym? Why eat healthy? Why get a full night's sleep? Well, why color is maybe you want to tap into the benefits of meditation, but that also seems hard or maybe you want you want to feel more relaxed and you want to have that time in your day where you're not plugged into your screens you're having quality time with your daughter this can be a tool among many to help get to that place just like you have your yoga mat so that you remember to go and have a place to do yoga the coloring can be a tool to just hold space so that you do pause in your busy day And you do take a moment to just breathe deep and be fully present. And I think that would be the why that I would share with people to just know why they want to feel maybe more relaxed or more creative or have more time being present. That's great. Let's take it a step further, you know, for that rational mind. What kind of colors do we use? Where do we do it? You know, like, do we do it with pencils? Do we do it with markers? Because we start questioning like am I doing it right you know when I know there's no right way of doing it but we might stop ourselves in that space of well I'm not doing this right you know like this should feel a certain way or maybe I don't have the right colors or I don't know you know like do you do it with music do you do it without music do you do it by yourself do you like what are some tips that you can give us? How do you do it? And maybe some suggestions or stories from other people. Like, do you do it in the morning? Like, 
right. I guess the the question is where, when, how, yeah, why, yeah. the why you the already kind of answered. The why is you're choosing, yeah, better health, creativity, all that. But the rest of those are great questions because that is what comes up. It's like, where does it fit in? And I know one of the things that I like to think about when building my own, you know, the habit of coloring is that concept of habit stacking. And so finding where, like you said, finding where in your day, for me, I like to have my coloring by my computer for sure, because I like to color before I start my creative work day. It's kind of like that warm up, you know, before you log in and start accessing emails and getting into it, that as a professional artist is, it's my warm up and cool down. So that's a really easy way for an adult to kind of fit it in is like, hey, you get to the start of your work day. If you work at a, a desk or kind of, you know, have a standard a place before you log into your phone or your computer to access emails to just sort of have that moment of calm as far as, so then that kind of, you know, the, the when in the day kind of can find your time of morning, noon or night, I guess, you know, I having it that spot where you can check in and see it or even, you know, bringing it with you. Like I have coloring postcards that I like to just keep with me so that if I'm out and about rather than pulling out my phone to look and scroll while waiting somewhere, I just, I sit in color for a few minutes. So it's kind of that having it in a space that you see that is in a time in your day where you want to be still and maybe a little reflective and just have that little meditative moment. Um, so that kind of is, you know, it's kind of looking at your own day and, and finding a time and then choosing that. Um, finding a book you like is key. You know, there's all sorts of art styles. Many artists now are making coloring books. So if you find an art style that you like, a theme, that's helpful because you want to actually be drawn to the artwork and have it, you know, entice your curiosity. And as far as the supplies, I recommend finding a collection that is just colors that you're really like that have the classic Roy G. Biv. So I use, in my set, I have uh, markers, pencils, and crayon. And I really like crayon because you kind of can't take yourself seriously when you're using crayon. And it really frees you and it makes it more playful and you can create beautiful art with it. So having that is really nice. And the markers are fantastic. There's many different brands depending on which ones you like. And of course, finding the direct colors that you think look pretty, but markers are nice because they, you can fill really a solid color easily. So if you're just wanting to fill in, they're very, you know, thick, flat colors. And then having pencil too allows you to have the it's just a nice free flowing kind of colors. You can blend and make gradients and it's really forgiving because you can kind of, if you go over the line a little bit, it's not that noticeable. So if I was, you know, creating an at-home coloring kit, I would get a small set of each of those materials. So then when you sit down to color, you kind of have that room to play. You're not locked in. You can kind of experiment. And for myself, I also then have like a small travel set of just pencils with a few pens for when I want to keep it in my purse. That's great. Thank you for that. Um, so we've figured out the 
how the when you know yeah. i guess for each person it'll be different you know if they want to unwind at the end of the day or if they want to do it at the beginning of the day or at the end of the day let's talk a little bit about creativity and cuz you mentioned before you know for those that are creative already in their job the distinction of being creative and doing it as a business and using creativity for the love of the art, you know, because you're just doing it for yourself. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that's played off in your journey? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, like you said, everyone is creative and everyone I believe is an artist, but it does take a whole different to another level, whether you're, as you mentioned before, whether you're a chef or a dancer, an illustrator and bookmaker, all these different types of things. I think for me, it's really recognizing that there's creativity in all facets of our life and that there is finding that healthy balance between the distinction of what is for work and what is for play only in the sense of it's wonderful when you're like, Hey, I love what I do, which, you know, I do, but there's also a lot of hard elements in the creative process. It can take a lot of literal elbow grease to illustrate a book and to take the time to build websites and do all these amazing types of things that people make with their art. And so recognizing that you can be creative and sometimes it's just the spark of an inspiration for that first idea that is really the that sort of the magic of creativity. And then it takes you showing up consistently setting goals. And as I've learned from you, the getting out of your comfort zone, really pushing yourself to take that inspired action. I really see that as an embodiment of the creative process where it's, you, you set a goal of like, I want to make this painting or I want to make this book. And then you simply show up and keep working on it. And for me, by having the time in my day where I bring out my coloring book, often I'll bring my sketchbook or my journal too, because once I start coloring, it draws me into that sort of the natural creative flow state where you're not worried about deadlines and billable hours and logistics. You're just making art. And from there, it really opens me up for, oh, that's how I need to say it to make that part of the book flow perfectly. Or that's the end design that I want to make. And then you can set about going and putting in the hard work. So it's really by finding that time for your creative, to be creative in a playful way, I think can help for anyone who is using their mind creatively in their career. Yeah, this is important. I hear you say the word playful and I wanted to talk about that. I think it's such an important subject that we've kind of, that's been beaten out of us as we've gotten older. Mm -hmm. So talk to us about the importance of play as adults. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny that brought back a memory of when I was at, had a pop-up shop at the Portland Saturday market here in Oregon. And people were just like, oh man, you just must be having, you must be having so much fun. You just make coloring books. Like it was just to them, they're like, you must be just this laughing, joyful person all the time running around with crayons. Like that's how they perceived it, you know? And on one hand I was like, I really like 
that that's how they perceived what I'm doing and what my life might be like. They, you know, it just sounded like so much fun for how they saw it. And of course, we all know it's a lot of work. <laughs> and even when you're in a lot of courage to put your stuff, your original art out there. And, but that, it, it really did remind me that it is important to be playful. And I think a lot of artists and creators and people in general you know, it's easy to start taking yourself really seriously. And like I said about coloring with crayons, that was another time when I was like, I, I couldn't take myself too seriously because as that person said, I'm sitting here coloring with crayons, you know, and embracing that it can be playful and funny and enjoyable, even if a lot of things in life are feeling really hard or like there's a lot of work that you're having to do, remembering to bring in that sort of you know, the playfulness along with that, you know, the child's curiosity and the interest in what's happening in that exact moment. You know, when you're immersed in a game that you're just like so enthralled with, you're not thinking about all the other things that often are running through our minds. So I think it can be really refreshing. This is great. Thank you for that. What are some other forms of play that you use? Yeah, well, I love dancing. So for me, that is a very, a playful element and I play a lot with my dog. He's nearly seven now, but he is a lab German shepherd rescue mix. And he always has energy for play. And that actually has been an element that's helped me remember like, oh, I might be a little tired or bored or all the, you know, mentally feeling drained, but I can energize myself to play with him right now because he really, really is present and wanting to. And so I also, for me, going on hikes in nature and just gardening is definitely play as well as just being present and enjoying the being immersed and allowing your imagination to be inspired by nature is for me a form of play as well you take notes or how do you become what like what you were just mentioning before the child's curiosity yeah. like how do you play that out now as an adult yeah that's a good question I think a little bit of it it comes from just bringing in that mindset. For example, one of my creative hobbies is baking and it can be very challenging when you're trying new things, but by bringing in that playful curiosity of just like, oh, hey, let's, this is a science experiment. This is an art experiment. What can we create without worry about the end result? You know, or, you know, my sister and I will often come up with random creative things like let's try making candles. And that's kind of a, a fun adult way to have play of like, let's try this. Like, hey, we saw someone on YouTube do it. Can we do it? You know, like, and just sort of enjoy finding ways to have a hobby that is, or do an activity that is just, you know, pushes your brain a little bit. Like, oh, I got to do some math or some calculations, but it's in an enjoyable situation where you're just doing it for the experience itself. Yes. I feel like sometimes we've just kind of abandoned that. Like we've just, as adults, you become so serious. I mean, I know I suffer from this, you know, at certain moments and I need my husband or my daughter that are much more creative and playful in that sense to bring it out of me. Yes. So do you feel that, I know that you were homeschooled growing up, that you might have tapped in more into your curiosity and your playfulness because of that, or are they two separate things? Can you tell us a little bit about like, until what age were you yeah. homeschooled? Yeah. So I think for me personally, that 100% played a role because 
of the way that my mother homeschooled my sister and I. And so my mother was, she was a teacher and she chose to homeschool us because she wanted to, she saw some, the holes in the, the public school system and decided, I'm going to try this. I didn't even know we could homeschool, but I'm going to do it. And she formed a homeschooling group that was based on the Waldorf curriculum. So it was very much nature-based, outdoor, curiosity driven. Of course, there was academic standards, but she homeschooled my sister and I was homeschooled all the way up through eighth grade. And then I did, I skipped ninth grade and did three years of public school. And it was just, my homeschooling time was incredibly valuable. It was very immersive learning. And as you said, it was curiosity driven. My mom is a naturalist and a very, very creative person. And she has an innate curiosity that she 100% instilled in my sister and I, and just teaching it and encouraging it of like, oh yeah, like, what would that do? What would this? She's always asking questions and sparking the, you know, to look in different ways. So her teachings and the homeschooling lifestyle definitely supported the ability to be embrace that as an adult and have a little more of like, oh, I already know how to live this way. I just have to reactivate it now that I'm an adult. And that's an advantage for you being, having been homeschooled, you know, because I, like I said, I feel like this has just been beaten out of us. You know, like we just become more serious. We get more into like, there's this path you have to follow. You know, you go into this structured school format, you're supposed to do it this way. But it sounds like you had all this freedom and that homeschooling up to eighth grade. What happened once you suddenly go into high school, into public school out of all places? Because if you would have told me that you're transitioning into Waldorf, that's a little bit similar. How did that, like what happened at that point? Was that hard? Was that easy? It was definitely hard. It was a choice that I made. At that point, our homeschooling group we had, uh, most people were, you know, had graduated into college. Other people were going to public school or school. So we were essentially, we had kind of completed the intention of our parents. And so I decided I did, you know, want to go into school and just, I hadn't thought about the why in a long time, but, you know, we just looked into options and my mom and I were, you know, she was helping me the whole way of navigating it, but we chose the the local high school and, it was definitely overwhelming <laughs> at first. It, I think having the two experiences though of this really quality homeschooling community and experience with several years of public school, it has really given me a wide perspective on the ranges of education. And there's certainly, you know, it, I enjoyed elements of my public school experience. I was on the dance team and enjoyed a lot of the different elements around there and taking language classes, just in that immersive experience. And, but it was really challenging having the forced sitting still in a chair all day and leaving for school in the dark and coming home in the dark was a wild experience of just having such little, you know, personal time after starting public school. Yeah, I find this fascinating. We had a homeschool, my daughter, for 14 months when COVID happened. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if the perspectives are different, you know, if children or now adults that have grown up homeschooled versus having 
to have like this more rigid approach of academics and check, check, you know, from this time to this time, you have to sit on the chair, you have to do, you know, like, because I do believe we learn differently, you know, so what would be some tips that you would have for adults that we haven't had the opportunity like you did, I wish I would have been homeschooled to encourage us to be more playful, to be more curious, because we've been learning and being this way since a very young age, since we were like five or six. Right. Yeah. You know, I think a big piece would just be that first, you know, set the intention and, you know, go to the analytic side of like, hmm, you know, really get clear on why you do want to have more of that curious energy and recognizing that it's kind of a mindset and a perspective of like enjoying the present moment as much as you can and being really, you know, attentive, using all your senses, like, hmm, what is that? And just allowing yourself to kind of breathe and uplift into it. But as far as a way to actually help promote that sort of mindset, I would say the thing that I did when I was kind of really shifting my gears and changing a lot of my habits was I decided in the evening at a certain time, I would turn off all my tech and all my phone, everything. And to help transition to then not be like, oh, I want to turn on a TV or do all this stuff. I would start by, of course, of coloring and choosing to have it be like, oh no, this is my time to just let all the stress of the day flow onto this coloring page so that then I can have that rest of my evening enjoying quality time. And, you know, having kind of like De- giving yourself that place to decompress from the stress to complete the stress cycle because for me once I learned a bit more about the stress cycle and how you need to complete it and all these factors I realized that if I did something like coloring which usually I pair with a bit of yoga or you know movement and to get my mind and my body kind of the tension released is I realized that by completing the stress cycle in that way, it enabled me to go back to that little more lighthearted that, you know, I wanted to be someone who laughed easily again, you know, like, and, you know, have that, like you said, that lighthearted curiosity. So I think, I guess to sum it up, the first is setting the intention for yourself of like a little affirmation, like I am playful and smiling and relaxed. And then what I do is then with that affirmation of intention of how I want the person I want to be, I think about that while I color, of course, so that it's kind of like allowing my body to align with that intention that I'm setting for my own mindset. That's great. You mentioned the stress cycle. Can you go back to that and talk to us a little bit more about the stress cycle? Because I don't know about this and I want to hear more about it. I am not yet an expert, but I've been studying it. And essentially what I've been taught is that there's the stress cycle is naturally occurring all the time and it starts with a stressor. So something happens and you, you know, you get this reaction like, and then the next thing, so it's a stress, a stressor, a stress reaction, and then a stress release so that you can get back to homeostasis, harmony. So the normal stress reactions are the classic, you know, you know, flight or fight or flight or freeze. And one I learned recently that I like is 
is flow. So instead of freezing or fighting, you can just go with the flow. But essentially, you know, maybe the stressor is an email from a client, or maybe it's something that you have to do that it's just, you know, there's all sorts of things that trigger this stress reaction. And so the key, of course, is getting to that point where you do the stress release. Because what I've learned is that essentially stress is cumulative. So if you don't finish the stress cycle by releasing it, you just start getting this heavier and heavier, more and more stress that impacts your body, but you may, it's so subtle, you might not realize it until you're having creative burnout or you're, you know, getting angry at somebody that you're like, I didn't mean to do that or all the ways that we kind of react. And so by completing the stress cycle, maybe it's like in the moment you just take five deep breaths and that releases it. Maybe it's once a week you go to the spa, you know, there's a lot of ways to build in completing the stress cycle into your daily life so that you consciously complete it and release stress with, you know, the best of your abilities. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that because I feel like I'm good at finding ways to be Mm self-expressive, but, and I, I don't know where I'd rate myself with the stress reaction because I feel like I have not been completing those cycles. It's just, I keep carrying them and I'm sure I'm not alone. I'm sure many other people that are listening and it might be a great way of, you know, a practice at, at the end of the day of just like, okay, what were my stressors today yeah. and how can I let go of them? You know, is it with a coloring? Is it with meditation? Is it with journaling? Is it with dance? Is it with cooking? You know, like how do we release that stress? And obviously coloring is one way, mm-hmm. but any other thoughts of other ways that you could release that stress? Yeah. You know, one thing I'll share as well as the, in my new book that I've just finished, I share a mindful coloring exercise that is essentially trying to articulate how I use coloring to release the stress cycle and get these benefits. But in addition to coloring, I would say spending time in nature where you can be, you know, your back against a tree, your feet in the dirt, you know, those really like peaceful times where you can be completely calm and that's a really, really big way for me. Deep, full body breathing. That's nice because you can do it anytime, anywhere, even if it's like, okay, I have two minutes. I can just breathe deeply and, you know, try and let it out. But what I've found, and again, this is a something that I've learned through coloring, but I use other ways is I breathe deeply and look within. And then I find where the tension is held most strongly in my body. So a lot of times for me, it's between my shoulder blades or on my shoulders. And then what I do is I look, okay, what chakra color energy is that associated with? Because we have those colors that are commonly associated with each chakra. And so for example, the around the shoulders, that's kind of the chest area. So that's green. So therefore it kind of, it, it, it starts by cueing my mind to think about my stress in a different way. By thinking, oh, I have a lot of heavy green energy feels a little better than just I'm really uh, tired or stressed or, or something. It allows me to start to release it. And then if I usually use that color with my coloring page, but you can also, you know, wear the color 
be in a room or a space with the color. There's a lot of ways to tap into color energy, but essentially that looking within, identifying where the tension or the stress might be, and then consciously releasing it through, you know, your deep breath, your coloring, maybe you're just sort of thinking about that color as you dance, and then taking a moment to express gratitude, to shift your mindset from stress to gratitude, to be really thankful and happy that you just took that time for yourself. You know, you don't have to go into all the other, just being grateful. Like, I'm so grateful. I just took that five minutes for me. And that's that whether in that five minutes, you know, you can kind of, Hey, I love doing coloring, but it can be whatever that five minutes is playing with your dog or your daughter, you know, just looking out the window at the view. So there's a lot of little ways you can fill it in, but following that little intention of release. Thanks. Is, uh, yeah. Thank you for that. I'll start bringing that. I have never heard of that, of like associating it with the chakra colors. So that's interesting. I'll start incorporating that too, Mackenzie. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) Where can people find you, Mackenzie? Or where can we find some of your coloring books? Yes, yes. You can go to journeyofcolors.com. And that has all my coloring books. It has the new one that I've just completed. And it's where you can find all my work. Thank you for that. Thank you for your time, for sharing on about your journey. And mm-hmm. as we're wrapping up, I always like to ask, like, what's a, one piece of advice that you'd have for our listeners to live a life with more courage? That's a really good question. And I would say, you know, have the courage to smile more easily and allow yourself to just embrace the adventure of life's journey. I love it. Smile more easily for all of us smiling right now. If you're watching this on YouTube. Thanks for your time, Mackenzie. Thanks for being with us. I really appreciate it. It's been really a pleasure. Thank you. I am so grateful that you joined me today. If you enjoyed it, there's one thing I'd like you to do. Click on the follow button so you don't miss a single episode leave me a rating and a review, and please share. As my way to thank you, email us a screen grab of your review at the email in the show notes, and we will send you a free Crafting Your Future guided visualization, which is so simple to do with outstanding results. It will empower you and give you the confidence to attract and create the life you've always desired. See you in our next episode.